And now, I'd like to show my love by making for you a Quebec pizza. What's that? Pop tart with the ketchup. She's good. Daniel Parmac, San Antonio, Texas. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. It's showtime. This is Old School to Movies, episode 166 for Friday, September 21st, 2018. Old School to Movies is brought to you by the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com. Check out some great shows like Wrestling Cheers, the European, uh, no, that's done, uh, the Eurovision Some Showcase, and Tim and Tom. Welcome back to Old School at the Movies, your one-stop shop for all your movie-related news. I'm your host, Mr. Old School. Before I get to the panel this week, let's get into the contact information. Oldschoolmovies.net is the site where you can listen, download, and subscribe to the podcast. If you want to get in touch with us directly, oldschoolmovies2 at gmail.com. You can tweet us at oldmovies.net. That's oldmovies, D-O-T-net. Hashtag OSATM. Without further ado, our one and only glorious panelist, Mr. Heavy Set. If there's a need for a rescue mission, when the world is threatened... The world needs help. It calls on America. So I know who's asked to kick. Holy shit, we're doing an episode. Holy shit. Uh, it's about time. And like even uh, trying to get Carp on for this week. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to make it. So scheduling conflicts uh, all around. But yeah, we had to do it this week. Because uh, if not at this point, there isn't a show. <laughs> it's been like, a, what, a month or something? We well, have to. It give- also took you like two weeks to post the episode. Yeah. Well, hey, I got it up. I, I got it up before Carp got his ABI up. I think that's some positive thing to think about. But I don't know. The there was like a ten day difference between <laughs> the the date you said on the episode and the the actual posting. Yeah, life's kind of getting in the way, unfortunately. But I continue. To tr- What's that? not about the 450 podcast no absolutely not no that also i got a, oh my god it's been uh two months bi-weekly no, bi-weekly no, it's, long, it's way longer dude i just looked it's i think the last episode was like june <sighs> okay uh yeah. I, I, I legit thought the same thing it hadn't been a long time yeah and then i was like, oh when's the last episode and i pulled it up i was like holy shit and, and it's crazy because it's every week that i don't do it is another week that it's like stressing me out to do it more so it's gonna happen People are going to just think you've gained all your weight back. Yeah, well, that that's the thing I got to worry about, too. Yeah, I got to. <laughs> no, I haven't. I've been maintaining, but still. Spoiler alert there for the next episode. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it has to come out because it's good. And we're totally, go, totally going off track there, but just quickly. It's good for me to release it every two weeks because it keeps me honest and keeps me on track. And if I don't have that accountability, then yeah, there's a possibility for me kind of relapse in there. So sooner, very soon. Uh, we're going to have a new episode of 450, but we're not here to talk about weight loss heavy. We're here to talk about movies, and uh, let's get right into it, get into the news for this week. I'm Bruce Nolan for Eyewitness News. Back to you, fuckers. Specifically, what I want to focus on is your movie pass update, because as of the previous episode, you were kind of in limbo. Uh, yeah. Movie pass was doing a lot of shady shit. Well, not a lot of shady shit. I, essentially, if I look at it through their point of view, it's like self-preservation. So... They're very cash-strapped right at the moment. 
So they're talking about increasing fees and also limiting stuff you can do. You were pretty disappointed at that, and you were talking about me switching over. And I know I remember listening to the previous episode. You were like, as we were talking, you were looking at other services. So yeah. let's get let's get an update and see what what's actually going on with your uh, movie pass debacle. Well, I was very hesitant because one of the biggest issues with switching to something like Cinemia is it was going to cost seventy dollars up front. Now that's not like just like oh you have to pay a big enormous amount to, to become a member. It's the normal uh, thirty dollars a month, which that actually covers two people, three movies for the whole month, and also twenty dollars per card that they're going to eventually send me. They'll haven't received that, but I did find out for an extra ten dollars, I was able to do a cardless feature. Oh, so, okay. So hold on. The 70 includes the price of the card and the first month? The price of two cards. So it was like $20. Okay, got it. Yeah. It 20 per card on top of a $30 membership. Right. So right there, $70 and then an extra $10 to speed up the process and also activate uh, cards. Which so that, isn't that kind of interesting that they're, they're already charging you convenience fees before you even sign up? A little bit, but I'm, I'm going to get into a very fun story. That's where I was right after we did that episode. And I was like, you know what? Because they were talking about in September, a lot of things were going to change. Everything was going to change for good. Uh, they were going to get rid of the fees. We're talking about movie pass now. Yeah, movie pass. Right, okay. And also in September, supposedly it wasn't going to be as hard to get to a movie. Like you'd be able to still you go back to be able to see any movie you want. Obviously not 3D, not XD, but like a regular showing. They weren't going to be like, no, you can't only see like one movie or two movies at this theater, even though there's a bunch more that you could normally see. That led us to, because uh, spoiler alert, in the past, uh, since we've done the last episode, we've seen five movies. And it all started when earlier, uh, I think uh, this all started Labor Day weekend, we were going to go see Searching. And we go to a particular movie theater and I pull up movie pass. This movie is not available. That was it for me. I said, fuck them. And while in the parking lot, not only did I sign up for Cinemia, I also signed up for, which is going to cost me an extra $9 a month, but it's going to be worth it. And that's, I just signed up for Cinemark's movie club. Now they offer a very similar esh thing compared to movie pass, but they offer for $8.99 a month. You can see you get one movie ticket for free, but then you also get discounts on movie tickets. After that, you get discounts on concessions. You get right. uh, if you order. So it's uh, almost like on. a it's almost like a Xbox Gold Pass. You Something get, like that. You get like a free game. In this case, you get a free movie and a couple extra discounts. Wouldn't that yeah. be worth it just to do that and not do the extra? What are they called? Uh, we'll we'll get to it. Okay, go ahead. Uh, there's also the fact of. If you order movies online, like you use the app, they take away your like uh, that convenience fee that they gave you because you're ordering it an app. So all I, I would pay like a normal walk up to box office price. Here's the key: with the two services, I can go back to a regular movie patron, and because that was one of the biggest things. If you wanted to go see a movie, like especially if it was like later in the day, I would we would have to get there early enough to uh, check in. And be able to not deal with, obviously, like certain movies, like a lot of people are buying tickets. So we had tried to avoid that the best could. Okay, so just the this new service is 
Is it the exact same way of reserving a movie? No. Okay. The new service, I can I can do it online, but I can also do it because I have the cardless feature right now because I don't actually have a physical card. Basically, I have to use their app and that, that whole thing through Cinemark. And then when it comes to paying, they produce a card number for me, uh, Cinemia does. So far, I've used it twice and it's worked. So uh, right now, it's a little more complicated, but and I'm technically paying more. But it's it's we have with it's with two people, and actually, I still get three movies per month. And also, I can also see any type of showing. When I went to go, we wanted to go see Searching, and it wasn't even available. I'm like, I'm cutting you off now before we get to the the late fall movies that I want to see first. Like the first one that comes to my mind is Wreck-It Ralph. I want to see those the weekend they come out. And if you're going to tell me, no, you can't see those yet, I'm done. I mean, I'm, I'm, I should say, I'm not going to play that game. I'm not, I'm not even gambling. And there's even, this was just even insult to injury because, like I said, basically for this month, I've not only had Movie Pass, I've had Cinemia. And with uh, Movie Pass, we were going to go see, uh, I think we wanted to go see The Nun, which had showed up on Movie Pass that we could go see. Like we woke up, we seen it was available. We were like, oh, cool. Like let's, Get dressed, get ready, and let's go to the movies. We got there. We pulled in the parking lot. Not available to check in. They had completely taken it off. And I was like, what the fuck? So as of the morning, it was fine. And then, so these guys, they're doing it completely on the floor. Like, we're not just saying by morning. It's like within a half hour around the first showing of the day, they took it off. They must have reached their, I guess, maximum tickets that they could afford. But it was early in the day. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. But, you know, it's. Uh, I think it'd be one thing if we looked at like noon and it showed that we could go and then we go at seven o'clock at night and then it's like, nope, no longer available. Like, we're, it's literally, I, we woke up. Yeah, no, that's stupid. It was available. Yeah. I mean, they're hurt. They're obviously hurting. I just looked at their stock. It's at two cents. So their, yeah. their repurchase or stock split thing didn't work. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do, man. Uh, because you're, you're not the only person. Who obviously, has either thought of yeah. of flying away or taken off or uh, has taken off. And yeah, the fact that you can't see like small movies, like we're not talking Avengers, you know, like that. I get if they blocked it, but the fucking Nun or something. Come on, you know, like Dude, the Nun was the first showing on a Monday, not a Saturday, not yeah, a Sunday, not yeah, a yeah, Friday. Yeah, first showing on a Monday. <laughs> yeah. No, so like it's over. I, I mean, at this point, do you think the people are still sticking around because they don't know any better or just because it is the cheapest still? I think some people are. It depends yeah. on depends on your movie app. For me and someone who goes during the weekend, because it seems like if I were to go to a movie on which I thought would be Monday, would count on it, but like Tuesday, Wednesday, and even actually Thursday showings. Like yeah. they were you were able to go see the nun on Thursday the night it came out. But they, they shut it off Friday. They shut it off Saturday. You know what? I get those. Those are the two big movie days. It's another reason why if they're going to do shit, pull them out because Saturday is my big movie day. If I'm going, I'm being very traditional and I'm going then, I mean, Sunday and everything's up in the air, but that was insult to injury. And basically after I signed up for Cinemia and Cinemark's movie club, it was like, all right. And actually I signed up on September 1st. So now we have it perfect as in our month will renew so basically we yeah. can look at the month ahead and that's actually what what changes because before we used to just go see whatever movie we wanted even even before movie pass you'd be like well let's see this movie let's go now it's like okay we have three movies 
Ultimately, do you th- see yourself saving money though? Because this is okay. So let's break it down. Thirty bucks, but you get three pairs of tickets, which is good. So essentially, if you go see at least three movies, you're saving money. You're saving thirty bucks. I'll save it if we go see Doom. Right, because you'd pay sixty for it'd be thirty for four, four tickets. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'll, I'll save them, but we're gonna, we're going to go see three. And the cool thing is, like with the whole Cinemark, you get one ticket per month. But those tickets roll over. Oh, that's good. So that fourth month happens. I mean, that um, second month happens, and there's no fourth movie. That rolls over into three tickets. And maybe we don't find another movie that month. Then at one point, we could see two extra movies on the fourth month. So it's just going to depend on how. I think there's going to be months like late fall, winter, definitely late winter and spring, where it's just like, I don't know if I really want to see this movie. I don't know if I really want to see this. Because there's been months where even with movie pass, we could see however many movies we wanted. We were just like, ah, there's nothing good out or we don't have. To. Yeah. So Cause you also got like, a factor in the concession purchases. If you do, uh, I so mean, uh, the cool thing too, like, cause like we go to Cinemark and we get those that are, the you rebates, know, we, yeah. we get the ICs and we get 20% off. Seeing how we get those every time, mm-hmm. it's just going to be money off top. And then it's, it's going to, I think it's going to add up the savings, but it's going, it's almost going to pay for it. Right. Historically, if you look at the last year, you've been on movie pass for six months. Uh, been on for about a year. Okay. Got on so in, in the last year, how many movies have you seen average per month? Average per month, I ju- the what I just looked at through the service, it was two. Now there were two movies. I think we paid for out of pocket because the service was fucking. And I've seen Infinity War two other times. So with the service, yeah. there, that's where, where I was at. It was like almost. Three. So how many of those movies would I be able to see with the new restrictions? Yeah, no, this current movie pass thing makes no sense for you because, like you say, like you said, you want to see the same week for most. Like, if they bumped it up and said, "Hey, you know, if yeah. you want to see the movie the first week it comes out, that's going to be an extra for the month." But I mean, I would have stayed because then I don't have to worry about fighting for the movie. Okay, before a movie pass, how many movies did you go per month? Three to four. Because so you, okay, so you're constantly. I was, three I was to four always. A a, I was a once, at least a once per weekend movie. So in your case, this makes sense. Yes. Like and and like you said, you got to at least see two movies for it to pay for itself. Mm-hmm. If you're watching That's two movies religiously a month, then yeah, I mean, uh, and you know, you're, you're paying forty all in. You're getting essentially that that free movie that carries over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get three pairs of tickets. You get rebates on concessions and stuff for heavy users. You know, and I don't know what the definition. I guess a heavy user maybe three four movies a month. This makes well, sense. Uh, and for, for you know just. It also guarantees that you're going to go see movies. So the movie companies, you know, even if they do something like that, like three pairs of tickets for 30 bucks, um, which is what I think is going to happen either to me, either these cinema, like these big cinemas are going to buy these monthly subscription services and just buy them outright because they have all the infrastructure already. uh, If they get big enough or they're going to make their own competitor, like Cinemark will make like a very similar plan. And just sell the, the, their tickets uh, and offer like concession deals and all that stuff. But that's where it's going. And I think these loyalty programs and these guaranteed upfront sales will definitely help. Because, yeah, there are some months where it's dead. But if you've got that thing where you've got those three movies, ah, you're going to go out of your way to go see them to get your value back. And uh, you're going to spend money in concessions. And if not, well, then, I mean, they're still making the money off you anyway. So it's... To me, that's the future is these subscription things. I think you were mentioning in a previous uh, episode that they already have this in Europe already. 
Yeah, like there's there's some service in in Europe that has it. There's and I guess Cinemia is out of Australia. I'm not. I don't have that backed up. I just recently watched some video talking. Okay, cool. Um, and then like I said, Cinemark has theirs. AMC in the states they have one which is supposedly really good, but I don't have enough AMCs. And Regal currently has nothing, but yeah. for some people are waiting on that. Well, that's it. Regal's and Regal's either gonna partner with Cinemia, make their own, whatever. Uh, but that's where it's going. Mark my words, five years, it's all going to be these subscription-based things. Um, okay. Thank you for the update, Heavy. Uh, next episode, hopefully we'll be in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to find out how the Cinemia experience is going. Uh, if you're still liking it, if you're running into any issues, any hiccups or whatever. Uh, RIP MoviePass, uh, you know, interesting idea. Just ran out of money. <laughs> they got fucked. All right. Let's get into, uh, we got a gauntlet of movie reviews to go through, so let's get into them. All right, Heavy Set, we're going to start with you first. Uh, we actually have not doubled up on anything, so we'll just go one you, one me, one you, one me, and then, because I've only seen two, it'll be one you, one you, one you, which would be three you. Uh, let's start with the Meg, Heavy. Um, okay, is it possible to give a good review without too many spoilers? Because I'm possibly going to see this. But if you can't, then it's all good, because it has been a while. Uh, there's, I mean, I don't have really many spoilers to talk about. I just, okay. this was like early for me. I think we, we, we seen this because we wanted to go see the nun, but unfortunately it wasn't available. And the only movie that was left that we agreed that we both were like, yeah. And I was kind of upset because like, I wanted to see the nun kind of wanted to see Christopher Robin, which later, and also maybe even crazy rich Asians, which looked really good. And this was, this was the fuck you movie to movie pass the RIP, the nun, right? So, so yeah, well, this was, uh, this was before, okay. Uh, that whole ordeal because we actually did go see the nun when they when they fucked us. That's why I was like, well, I'm I'm here to see it. We're going to go see the nun. Got so it. we're using the Okay, so Meg, Meg, sorry, go ahead. But going back to the Meg, this was a movie that I didn't know that much going into it. I'm not really big into shark movies, but I feel like it, it it's it was somewhat stereotypical for that type of movie. But there were a nice swerves in it, and it did feel like a bigger deal because it is a bigger shark. I gave it. Three and a half stars. So to me, that's it's like it's not a mid level. It's a little bit above. And but I did enjoy it. And uh, only spoiler that I will give: they do not leave any type of cliffhanger for a sequel. So yeah, the, to me that's good because it there's always like open ended shit, especially in the Marvel universe. So it's nice to actually see something go to a conclusion instead of just being carried forward to you know something else. So that's cool. I think for me, it was the fact that, you know, it's a movie where I'm expecting there to be a sequel and they leave nothing. But I, I liked how it was formatted. There's that one point you kind of think it's over. Oh, all in all, I, I did enjoy it. So awesome. All right. I'll do this one very quick because Carp's already reviewed it. It's Mission Impossible. And I'll give it a four because I went in there with the expectations of absolutely insanity, crazy stunts. Storyline had the you know on the, the the main part makes sense, but we got seven times here of like twisting of CIA screwing him over, him screwing this and whatever. So yeah, it was carried over. Great cast, fantastic cast, a lot of big names. But in the end, it did what I expected it to do, which was Tom Cruise, um, as Carp would say, has a death wish and performs all these crazy stunts himself. And to me, it was just an action, a great 
popcorn flick action movie. Looking at it with that lens, it delivered, so I give it a four. Uh, heavy set, The Nun. Go ahead. The Nun. Okay. I openly admit I have not seen any of the Conjuring movies. This movie is actually a prequel, so I didn't have to know anything. And the only thing that connects is at the end of the movie where I'm guessing that I've seen anything. They kind of, you get a, oh, moment where like, this is where it ties into those movies. I gave it a three. I think for me, a lot of times with horror movies, I will put them on a very low curve because I, I think I've been a wrestling fan for far too long and I'm trying to figure out everything in the movie. And also the fact that I know that they don't, they don't take place in reality, that these type of things don't happen, at least this level. So. When something would happen, I wouldn't get scared because I'm like, yeah. uh, Amanda, though, she openly gave it a four. She's like, well, what would you rate it? I'm like, oh, I give it a three. Three, really? I give it a four. And But she likes those. I'll always mess with her in, yeah. when we're watching a horror movie because it'll be one of those really suspenseful scenes. And then if I do a jump like I'm scared, she jumps. So, like I said, she, she gave it a four. I gave it a three. But still, even without knowing the rest of it, I, I did enjoy myself. All right. I'm up next. Mile 22. Okay, so the action here was completely mental. And that dude from the raid, holy shit. Yeah, he just, (laughs) yeah, it's insane. Like, just the opening scene was a fantastic start in terms of the pacing. You know what I mean? Like, there was uh, this raid on a house and shooting and fighting. It's like, let's start off balls to the wall right away. Like, this is how exactly you're going to expect absolute insanity throughout this movie let's get you started right away mark Wahlberg's he he does like a lot of monologues in this i find them extremely entertaining he does a great job at this kind of pure asshole character but he has this kind of tough guy with the soft side and but the serious badass type character it was nice to see that although he was this legitimate badass he did have flaws he had vulnerabilities you know, he had PTSD and and just stress issues and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, underneath like to him that this deadly, serious asshole behavior, there was an underlying good person. You know, in terms of Wahlberg, uh, it is it was uh, a very flushed out character. So I really liked that. I thought he did a great job. In terms of the rest of them, you know, like they acted, I guess, as good as an action movie would be. Ronda Rousey and all this stuff, like. You know, they are how good, as good as they're going to get, but that's to be expected. You're having her there more for the physicality and not the actual uh, acting ability. Um, It was cool having some bigger names doing the kind of the senior type roles. So that helped even out kind of the action people who weren't great actors. So being in good company, I guess, helped them out. Just like having Malkovich as kind of like the main good guy. I enjoyed the comedy. I didn't think it was over the top. It was just like very well-timed. Uh, just a little like here and there, mostly action, but having those kind of small comedic moments helped a bit. The non-action dialogue was actually really entertaining. Throughout the movie, I was like thoroughly entertained. And it was a, a fun storyline and also kind of the not-so-happy ending with always like uh, – with Hollywood, it's got to be this like happy-go-lucky ending. So whenever I see something that – goes against that norm of like, oh, it's either like a gray area ending or a sad ending or like when the bad guy wins, it. I always give it an extra half point 
just because of the originality. So overall, great popcorn flick. Go see this in the movie theater if you can. 4.5 out of 5 from me. Heavy set, Searching. Searching. I was looking forward to this movie. And this, this like I said, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. This is where I said, fuck you, movie pass. Because I really, really, <laughs> right. really want yeah. to see it. And rating up front is 4 out of 5. It's It's a little bit different than what you're used to. But it's cool because they allow everything. It goes through the year. So, like, starts off, I think, the daughter's first day, of, and there's a lot of video, or when she's young, where they take these videos, and they're, like, they take place, like, on an old Windows computer computer early on, and then eventually, like, through the years, all these things going on, and you eventually get to a present time, and I will, the only spoiler I will tell you about the beginning, because I'm, I'm going to prepare you, if you do go see it, anybody go see it, if you've ever seen Up, the opening is very reminiscent of Up. Because it starts off with the daughter and the parents. And if you know anything about the previews, there's only a dad and a daughter. So you could figure out what happened. You end up getting to modern time. And yes, there's a lot of stuff through Apple computer, iPhones. And I think because it it helps with connectivity. Like you can have iMessage on an Apple computer. And that can also show what's going on on cell phones and everything. There's some good twists and turns in this movie, and this is another movie where I felt like the, the you you got an ending, but there was more, and I didn't see the ending coming a hundred percent. I saw about half, of it, but nothing. It didn't like all connect together. But when I got the other half, I was like, oh, and um, yeah, I gave it a I gave it a four out of five. Really, really enjoyed this movie. If you get a chance, I mean, this might not be a movie that you need to run out to the movie theater and go see, but comes out. Uh, digital or physical i would i would suggest we got a little old school here christopher robin heavy set go this was the movie i really 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 wanted to see and you know i don't remember how old i was when i liked winnie the pooh it was very young i do have a like a winnie the pooh vhs actually around here from when i was very young so i'm talking like three or four and you know eventually i grew out of it and i wasn't one of those people who grew attached to a character like i know some people love or some people love Tigger. I think now as an adult watching this movie, I feel like I'm Winnie the Pooh. And the, basically to explain how this story goes just early on is it starts off with Christopher Robin about to go off to boarding school. And then they, they realize this, so they kind of have a party for him and wish him goodbye. And they figure like, oh, it's going to be, you know, however long till we see you again. And he basically, after this point, goes off, lives his life, goes to boarding school, has his his dad die, maybe both of his parents at, at some point, but the dad dad dying is a very very pivotal point for him for him in his life then starts to excel in school meets the woman of his dreams when he gets older and gets married has a kid you know starts living a adult life of you know having this this career and job that's very important to him he's working all these kind of hours and with all of this going on basically winnie the pooh wanders back into his life he has to deal with it all over again and he has to try to get him back home to the hundred acre woods. It's a lot of like, I think dealing with your inner child and all that kind of fun stuff. So I, I would recommend this if you have a family, it, it was very, very fun to watch. I, I thought it was going to be as heartwarming as won't you be my neighbor, which is what kind of what people were telling me. And unfortunately to me, it wasn't, but I don't think it was that far off. So that's why I gave it a four out of five. And last but certainly not least, Peppermint 
Heavy said, go ahead. Peppermint was a movie I was not expecting to go see. That was uh, that we were just trying to blow off movie pass. And there was two movies that were options that we wanted to go see. One of them was Crazy Rich Asians, but it wasn't playing at an early enough time for me. So it was this. Not knowing that much about going into it, it's basically about a woman who has her family die suddenly. Uh, they were murdered. And five years later, she goes and gets revenge with everybody involved because it's a very, very fucked up, corrupt system. It's, oh, it was so much fun. I, I don't think it's like a movie you might need to run out and go see. Yeah, that's the only way, way I can describe it. Like to me, I, I was pleased, but I still gave it about a three and a half out of five. Awesome. Thank you very much, Heavy Set. That's our gauntlet of movie reviews for this week or for this episode. Uh, just to let you know, I did see the Won't You Be My Neighbor? Yes. Downloaded. Very good. Very good, as in, like, what What would you rate it? I would give it a three and a half um, for what it was because there's a lot of stuff, like, the fact that he single-handedly changed Congress's mind for funding PBS and that seeing that whole thing about, like, the guy's just like, oh, you better have something good because you're about to lose all your fucking funding. And then Rogers comes in and, like, convinces him. It's how pivotal and how much pressure – you know, and you could hear it in his voice when he's explaining how, like, it was affecting him, you know, like, and, but he managed to, to, like, convince, you know, like, and you never see that in today's day and age. So for him to be able to convince, like, a senator straight up, no, okay, you got your funding, boom, you know, so that was kind of cool. And the fact that, like, how fucking mean spirited a lot of people were towards him. I mean, if you look back at, like, the Eddie Murphy, SNL spoof and like how some of the interviewers were asking if he was gay and like just yeah. how he just couldn't legit be a nice guy who wanted to help kids. Yeah. You know? So, but anyways, yeah, the whole story, that's yeah, amazing. Uh, it was cool. I'm just curious why three and a half out of five. Well, I wouldn't like, say like it was the most entertaining thing. It, it did drag on a little bit at some points for me. And maybe just because I wasn't as passionate about Mr. Rogers. Like I can't. Imagine I, I don't remember watching him that much, but it was it was very informative and I enjoyed it. But I couldn't say like it was a life changing uh, documentary for me. You know what I mean? I I mean for me it's definitely life changing. Like I've bought so much like Mister Rogers shit. I think he's a mm. he's a fantastic role model for this day and age. Like if he was still right now, it would I it would mean the world because just where we are politically. Like I don't want to get too much into it, but yeah. basically he was a Christian Republican. But the way you would label someone like him, you'd be like, like at least people in this country would go, oh, you're a freaking snowflake liberal Democrat. Yeah. So it's like, no, there's like this guy was a fucking Republican and he was he was very much a Christian and had followed it to a T. But he never so. brought religion or politics into his conversations. Oh. And that's the thing. I think he took he took the essence of Christianity, of, you know, the, yeah. the teachings of Jesus. And put it in a way where, like, all right, we're going to take everything biblical out and we're going to just preach that part because kids can get that part. Yeah. Like, and, and the fact that so they hard. tackled so many controversial subjects yes. and brought it down to a kid's level to, to help mm -hmm. them cope with it, like 9-11 or, or just like murders or like just – Assassination. Like, talked about divorce. Assassination of Kennedy. Yeah. yeah just like uh, – yeah. The, f <laughs> I mean, today's day and age, they'd be afraid to touch it, and they went mm -hmm. right at it. And you know what I mean? So that's that was fucking incredible. Like to know that he took 
or even just like uh, the security guard was a black dude and he sat there and like he didn't like the fact that, uh, you know, there was an incident where there's some blacks in the pool and like the white owners were throwing fucking acid in the pool, like some crazy shit. So he's like, okay, fuck you. I'm going to I'm going to show you like the guy, uh, you know, cooling off with me in a pool. Yeah. To be able to do that um, in that day and age and do it on a kid's show is pretty cool. So that's uh, that's why I, I enjoyed it because I didn't know about all that background shit, you know. And the fact that he never actually showed up in the town of make believe, like he specifically did. Yeah, not. yeah, yeah. And like just so, so much that he did with that show was just yeah. I think it's definitely a show you grow out of at a certain age. Yeah, and you get into more things like especially like maybe our age. You know, it was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters. You look back at some of his stuff. It's like wow, like that's like where kids television probably should be. And even going back as an adult, it's like that was really great and he was a great person and there's i think he's one of those few people out there that you will find in history yeah. that people there's not going to be anyone to say anything bad about him everything i have ever heard about him since watching this movie has been amazing like he would get every fan letter he would get he wrote back to even to the point in the digital age if someone sent him a fan email he would ask them for the his for their uh, address and he would write them back physically yeah there's i mean there's probably uh, so many other stories we can get into but the main thing is fantastic role model i think that's what why i fell in love with him and the documentary that's why for me it's five out of five and i think it's like number yeah. two for me. what do you what do you say about i know like fox went on they showed a part of it about fox yes. kind of attacked them saying oh you know yeah. he ruined this generation because they all feel entitled now and because they're all special and uh, like what do you say to that I've, I've witnessed people since then. Like, actually, not too long ago, someone was like, oh, if everybody's special, then nobody's special. And my exact reaction was, well, me and Mr. Rogers disagree with you. And the whole point is yeah. they're, they're taking, like, everything that Rogers said out of context. They're saying, like, well, you know, every not everybody can't be special. And yes, they can be. I've always even looked before this Mr. Rogers thing. I believe everybody has their own skill set. I'm really great at, you know, audio stuff. Like, I, I, with all the podcast stuff I do, like, I'm really great at that. But I cannot fucking do anything with like my car but i know people who do like that's that's their skill set like no one can be great at everything that is what makes you special and that's what he always try to tell you like you're special just the way you are yeah and i think i think the people who criticize him mix up entitlement with uniqueness and uh you know they think that people feel entitled because they're they feel special but no that's not it's all about just building up their self-esteem and yeah. uh, contributing to the world, and it's not—it's not an entitlement thing at all. But people yeah. tend to mix the two up, unfortunately. Yeah, he always told people that you know you, you don't have to like change yourself, like just be yourself. Yeah, be who you are. Yeah, and you and you will be loved. Of course, you always said like I love you just the way you are. Yeah, but that, here here's a touchy one now because the security guard on the show was gay, right? But he yeah. couldn't openly come out as gay because of the sponsors. But again, that was a really different time, you know. Yeah. I think that's what it was like. I, he, I mean, he loved him just the same, but he was like, you can't do that. And he was looking more as like what they're doing. Right. As well as they had to go, th- they had to be around a lot longer. Yeah. And actually over time, like he could be gay. Like there was, it wasn't an issue after a certain time. Yeah. And, and at the end, it's cool that he kind of embraced it a little more and was more, um, not, not, not that he was, was never close minded to it, but 
I, I think back then, uh, the people who are more progressive just said, okay, well, you know, what people do in their bedroom is their own business. Yeah. Uh, and then now it's more, it, it's the times have changed and stuff. So I wouldn't criticize him necessarily. I think he had a pretty progressive attitude anyways, especially as a liberal Christian, you know, to be embracing of everybody. I think it's kind of cool. Okay. Was, uh, sorry, go ahead. Politically, he was conservative, but I think with his love, he was liberal. He was both. Yeah. No, I think, yeah. And there, there were, there is some, some liberalness to him too. Um, yeah. unfortunately we don't have time for movie previews and stuff like that. But uh, probably not, be other day by the time this gets released anyway. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, but this this should be out by Friday the twenty first, which is my birthday. So happy birthday to me uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, and I think I will be listening to this. So wish me a happy birthday on Twitter and see if we get any feedback next week. See if anybody listens. Uh, so for heavy set old school carp will be with us uh, next episode, which will be in two weeks. Uh, should be around end of September. Thank you very much for listening. You love the original trilogy with a burning passion. You went to war over The Last Jedi. Now, get ready for a completely new kind of Star Wars movie. One you'll forget by the time you're home from the theater. Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh yeah, that did come out this year, didn't it? After Disney reshot half of their first Star Wars story because they didn't like what the director did, watch them hand the keys to an exciting new creative team, then reshoot even more of the movie because they didn't like what the directors did. You're touchy. Resulting in a mixed bag that wasn't exactly great, but wasn't exactly terrible. And if that's how Disney plans to bring balance to the Force, just sit me up, fam. Prepare for a feature-length adaptation of Han Solo's Wikipedia page in a film that's less a Han Solo character study and more of an origin story for all of Han Solo's accessories, like his gun, his ship, the Millennium Falcon, the little notch in his ship, well, what are you doing? That's the escape pod! His favorite comeback, I hate you. Oh, no. And of course, his iconic dice? Since when were the dice such a big deal? It was just a silly background prop. Not everything needs an explanation. I don't have people. I'm alone. Um. Solo. No one asked for this. Gear up with Alden Ehrenreich, a good young actor stuck with the thankless job of playing a young Harrison Ford. I waited a long time for a shot like this. I'm not about to screw it up, all right? He'll add new dimensions to the selfish outlaw pilot we met in New Hope by showing us he was never much of an outlaw. You are the good guy. And he was never really that selfish. Damn it. But boy, did he have a hard on for being a pilot. I'm gonna be a pilot. I'm gonna be a pilot. I swore to myself I'd become a pilot. I'm a great pilot. I'll be your co-pilot. Mm -hmm. We've already got the pilot. Okay, okay, he wants to be a pilot. We get it already. Anything else? What was his dad like? He wanted to be a pilot. Ugh, never mind. Let's just go back to learning about his accessories. Where'd he get that vest? Strap in as Han joins a gang of even scruffier nerf herders, like Chewbacca, who eats people now? Beckett, who acts a lot like Woody Harrelson if he got trapped in a Star Wars movie. Kira, who's working for Paul Bedney, but really working with Han, but really working with Darth Maul? He can't triple cross the double cross. He can't triple cross the double cross. Val, the coolest new Star Wars character in the Never mind. Lando, the Star Wars story we'd all rather see, except for that part where he's clearly having sex with his droid. How would that work? That works. And L337, who is either an SJW or an offensive satire of wokeness, 
depending on which part of the internet you like to scream at. When Han Solo is the blandest character in your Han Solo movie, you've got a problem. I'm Han. Nobody cares. Did you want a darker take on the Star Wars franchise? Well, you've got it. Because this one is so dark, it's hard to see what's happening. Whether the action is hidden in deep blues, muted browns, a kind of drab olive, or Taco Bell beef orange? By the time your eyes adjust, you'll realize everyone in the galaxy is lit like they're in witness protection. Oh, cool, there's the Falcon, I, I think. Man, this movie is literally the dark side. So catch the first flop of the Disney Star Wars era that froze all the other standalone projects in Carbonite, but gave fans a sense of how Han became the character we all know and love by going through the events of Solo, <laughs> then at some point off camera before A New Hope, becoming the character we all know and love. Beckett said he heard about this very big gangster putting together a job. So what was the point of this movie again? Starring Lone Star, Harry and the Harrelsons, White Man Can't Jump to Light Speed, Khaleesi, the sentient being trapped inside the Falcon? Yikes. Six seasons and a Wookiee. I want Tandy. Name this character. You can't, can you? Pirates of the Corellian. Samus Aran. Terrace Kasi. That crappy PlayStation game is canon now. <laughs> Half the mall I used to be. And Disney, every time they fire a director in the middle of a production. I got a really good feeling about this. Cowboy Beeflop. Um. Solo. You know, if Solo isn't his birth name, why did he give it to his kid? And then name him after Luke's hermit friend who he knew for like, a day maybe? No wonder he tossed him off that bridge.